This is Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Hosted by Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Gardy Broder. Whoa. 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 Oh, there it is. Wow. <laughs> Sorry to anybody. Speakers just broke. I'll fix that in post. Good Leafs win again. Australia. Leafs win again. Leafs win again. And hey, if you're listening to this show right now, hit retweet. If you found us on Twitter, retweet that show so more people can find it. And we can grow this audience and this community that we have built. Thank you so much. Uh, you're listening to Leafs Late Night. I'm Roscoe. And don't worry, I'm not alone tonight. It's not you don't have to suffer through that. I got all <laughs> four of my teammates here. We got Sadie, Beaner, Steph, and Darty. Thank you all for joining me and saving me from uh, bombing alone. I don't want to do that again. <laughs> Thanks, Darty, for saving my ads. <laughs> Better late than never, right, Johnny? Yeah, but I do want to thank, now that you guys are both here, uh, Beaner and Darty, for jumping on and, and hosting that show while uh, Sadie and I were stuck in Canada. Oh, yes. And as I joked on no. Twitter, I had to make the pilgrimage back because, oh my God, it took me a good hour plus to get back no problem from what darty was saying we had a a good chance at um some nice sleeping sleep listening there (laughs) (laughs) that's what matters right all right i meant that um, the most positive way possible uh, guys all right so uh just just to, to preface quickly is um my wife always falls asleep to 32 thoughts. All right. She just finds Jeff Merrick's voice and Freed just very soothing. <laughs> I know it's Freed, right? But she finds her voice is very soothing. So when she heard, listened to our episode, she just like went, you know, halfway through just was like out cold. So I knew that we have to be at least as good as 32 thoughts because she's sleeping during it. <laughs> that is nice. an interesting compliment, but I'll take it nonetheless. I mean, you guys should take it. I mean, I meant me for the show, you know, (laughs) you guys did it anyway. So uh, things I wanted us to think about tonight, these lines, though. So just to go through this, we had the first line, Mikheyev, Tavares, Blackwell. Second line, Engvall, Kerfoot, Nylander. Third line, Bunting, Abrugizi. (laughs) Abrugizi. Abrugizi, I think. And then uh, fourth line, we had Simmons, Kampf, and Spezza. What the hell? I mean, I know it's Philly and I know it's garbage time, but what? Like, please tell me this isn't preparing for something. Well, what did you guys think of this when you saw it? Let's start. Uh, let's go around the table here. Start with Sadie. Um, I kind of thought Sheldon Keith was just tossing around a bunch of lines, seeing what he had, maybe just in case the players go down coming up to the playoffs or in the playoffs. So he has it in the back of his head what kind of options he has going forward. But uh, yeah, to your point, Roscoe, this is not something you want to see every night. Peter, what about you? I think it was just a way for him to keep guys engaged, right? If you're playing with newer newer line mates, guys that you don't normally get to play with, you have to pay a little more attention. You can't just kind of coast through the game. And if you look at the breakdown of the Leafs like ice time per line, the most time a single forward line got in the entire game, like total, was just under six minutes. So it's not like they he stuck with them. He was jumping everybody around all over the place. And can we just call him Nick Alphabet? Nick Alphabet. <laughs> I love that. <sighs> I was going yeah. to call him uh, uh, Abrucheesy. Just call him Nick Cheese. Cheesy Nick. Nick. Cheese. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steph, what about you? I was just confused. I saw three different kinds of lineups floating around twitter then the lineup popped up on my tv and it was completely different from what the leafs had posted on twitter and nothing made sense especially when i saw Abruzzese on the first line center <laughs> i was like guys i didn't realize we had this much trust in the kid but i was really happy to see blackwell up in the top six that's for sure but hey the leafs held their own and i'm glad that we didn't bomb against a horrible team Wait, so sorry, Steph, are you telling me that the lines I just read out were wrong? I'm saying that I had three different sets of screenshots that were completely different. Like, Okay, I so we don't know, know what it was. Nobody was playing with who they should have been. That's that's the point. So if if you go by the ice time, it was Tavares, Blackwell, Mikheyev, 
Kampf, yeah. Simmons, and Spezza, Kerfoot, Nylander, and Engvall, and then Bunting, Nif- Nicky Alphabet, and Marner. Yeah, okay, so that that makes sense with the lines that Luke Fox tweeted, except for the fact that Simmons, Kampf, and Spezza ended up playing basically second line when they were listed as fourth. But damn, they were good tonight. Uh, Darty, what did you think when you saw these? It's kind of like uh, the, like, you know, kind of what the fuck, <laughs> you know, let's just see what, see what happens here. Cause like, I'm going to like, I'm glad I'm the kid who gets to answer last because one, I can steal from Southie. I totally agree where Southie was saying. That's kind of where I was originally thinking is that uh, this is like a good look to see, man, if we're absolutely effed and people go down, this is what, you know, this is kind of what I'm working with. A good idea of how these lines function. And then for Beaner as well, totally agree with that. It's actually, I, that, I wasn't thinking about that, but that's actually a very, um, you know, a very plausible reason. Like, let's get some good looks for these kids, right? Like, you, obviously there's, there's, like, I I couldn't really, t- I looked at like, you know, I, I usually look up what lines are going on on team line combinations on daily face-off, but even that kind of seemed a little off to me. Like, I I swear on the, at the end there too, I saw Mikheyev take a pass from Engvall, which I was like, okay, like, so they're on the same line now or like, <laughs> it <laughs> so was yeah, confusing. So, yeah, it was a little confusing, oh, yeah. but again, like, again, this was like, uh, you know, this was uh, kind of like a Pandora's box of lines and, uh, to, uh, Johnny. So we're, we're talking about, uh, Abruzzese or however you pronounce his name, but I, I, I think we just call him, uh, Nick entertainment cheese. Okay. Nick entertainment cheese. cheese. I love it. Alphabet cheese. So uh, I like Beaner's point about trying to face like Philadelphia is the worst team in the league since January 1st. I mean, Buffalo is rebuilding. Arizona is bad on purpose. Ottawa's rebuilding. Philly wasn't supposed to be this bad and they are terrible. So the Leafs have a really bad record against bad teams. So I like Beaner's point about, you know, how do you wake the guys up against bad teams? So let's just scramble the lines. And it looks like they literally put them in a blender and picked whatever came out. Like there was, this was drawing straws. Yeah. So I like Yeah, that. it's, it's a, a real good way to try to keep everyone awake, right? Like look at uh, Nikki Alphabet, for instance. He, I like this, Nikki it, Alphabet. That's good. And and a, a couple people have even said like he's been kind of invisible in a handful of the games he's been playing. What better way to wake him up and really see what he can do than put him on your top line? Yeah, like and put him with a guy fantastic. like Marner who can can see the ice better than maybe anyone on the team other than Big Poppy. Like, yeah, and I think this goes to like we've been saying, you know, they're not third and fourth line guys, these these prospects that the Leafs have. So giving him a chance to actually play those minutes, all we've said about him is, you know, didn't notice uh Nikki Alphabet again tonight. So uh didn't notice him again tonight. And now it's like, oh, he's he's actually really good if you put him in proper positions. All right, so let's let's move on to the the uh the first period was a little um hmm. Who wants to who wants to try and describe the first period in one word? Let's just do it how ESPN did it. First period, no goals scored. Move on. <laughs> yeah, it was I think it kind of took the lines a while to settle in. The Flyers are bad. Um it was just kind of a boring period. <clears throat> yeah. It was it was sloppy, to say the least. Uh, guys are getting used to their new line mates. I know they've played previously, but, you know, Toronto had a good or a couple power play opportunities, which they didn't click on. And I was really hoping to get out of a game against Philly. You know, the worst team in the league since the start of 2022 was to clean up our power play and make this game a perfect practice situation to clean up those little things that we've been talking about recently and you know especially with five power plays this game I'm, I'm shocked we've only we only sank one but yeah it was kind of hard with the lines though and you know bunting whiffing on a two-on-one not really his fault because the pass was behind him but just little plays and that you just watch and you're like Okay, I get it. Philly has a boy in the Toronto boy playing for the first time. You know, good things has to happen their way, of course. Uh, Andy Frost's kid, but now the first period was just meh. I didn't know he was Andy Frost's kid. That's awesome. Shout out. 
We uh, talked about him last episode. Oh, Johnny. Yeah. Got a point we could probably bring up later is that, you know, what really cheesed me, though, that was uh, Keith Yandel. All right. Why is he playing? All right. If you if you weren't if you weren't gonna play him during his streak, then why the hell are you playing him now? All right. If he, was, if he wasn't good enough to be playing uh, during his goddamn streak for what eleven games, that's all you needed. You're playing him now. You're a joke of an organization. All right. I finger. hope I get hate for this. You're an absolute joke. If he's that freaking bad, then why are you playing him right now? Anyways, you got a fucking penalty in the first period at six thirty-seven. <laughs> there you go. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Keith Yandel takes a penalty for uh, hooking Pierre Engvall, and then Zach McEwen takes a penalty for hooking Alex Kerfoot. Man, Philly takes a lot of sloppy penalties. Like they, they're bad at changing lines. They're bad at at taking these penalties. Like they, they're not a very well coached team. I know Mike Yeo is just kind of interim there, but Steph, what do you got? I gotta say though, in this first period, um, Philly did a good job of not letting the Leafs set up. Um, the only chances they really had um, that were really hot chances were were that shorthanded breakaway, especially from <clears throat> excuse me Blackwell who pulled the Maddie Binier flipping the puck in like around a Philly player and off around and off the noggin of the goalie. It just reminded me of that moment of last week of that highlight reel. But yeah, it it's just one of those games where. Things weren't going Toronto's way in the first period anyways. Jones absolutely robbed Simmons on a perfect chance. I don't know if you guys caught that. He just had to p- pad straight down on the ice. But yeah, that's Jones about it. Jones made some crazy <laughs> saves tonight. For somebody who has a bad record this year, he made some really, really good saves and got really lucky on a few too. But uh, yeah. David Kampf takes a penalty for holding on Ivan Provorov. And this stat came up about the Flyers' power play. On their last 25, <laughs> they've scored two and given up three shorthanded goals. Are oh, you joking? Yeah. Guys, come on. They're like 27th or something in the league or something? They're 32nd. Yeah, they're the worst are in they the league. Are they actually dead last play. now? Yeah. Oh, oh, in the power play, they're dead last. That's bad, man. Oh, poor yeah. uh, JVR. I miss Sup- him. Just wasting away there. Um, surprisingly, while we're just looking at stats here, all of their stats are either 27th or worse, besides <laughs> the face-off dot, where they're 6th overall in the league. What? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I mean, has was it higher and they've dropped since losing Claude Giroux? Like, ah, good question. That's a good question. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Question. I'd assume so. All right. Second period. Minute and a half in. Oh, waiting so patiently for the opening and then striking Timothy Lilligren with his fifth of the year. Oh, I love it. I bow down what to Bean's greatness. Beaner, you can take this. Beaner, you take <laughs> you're the, this. You're the lily boy. Just like beautiful patience and beautiful read on the play coming in at the right time and like absolutely beautiful shot top corner right over top of his shoulder. Jones had no chance. Just Perfect. Incredible confidence on Lily, and it's really showing why he was looking like such a good prospect coming up to his draft year. Yeah, excited to see more minutes out of him next year, especially we know we're probably losing one or two of the people on the back end, so we'll definitely yeah. be seeing more minutes. Looking Speaking of defense, yes. um, I, I got to put the props because I'm normally the first one to badmouth them. Defensive pairings. Brody and Hall played 15 minutes together tonight. And they had the lowest on ice expected goals against. Oh. Hey, well done. You know what? So, you know what I'm going to give them pro- for that? Props to Hall. <laughs> the yes. best thing you can say about Hall tonight is that you didn't notice him out there. No, and I didn't notice really. him once. Yeah, and that's when he's actually playing like at his potential. Yeah, Brody and, had a couple uh, of those dives. He was good. You know, you see him sliding around. Didn't notice Hall. That's a good thing. And did anyone else see the video mm-hmm. of the the injured guys? Muzzin, that guy's got to start Ugh. worrying about his quality of life. Oh, no. What? I like missed something. At, it, they, they were out skating, and he, Muzzin didn't look good. Fuck. He kind of did a couple loops, passed it back and forth with a couple of the other injured guys, and then when he went in for a shot, he only did like a one-handed little mm-hmm. wrister on the net. It didn't Yikes. look like he was even trying anything. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. The good news about this video was that we saw Kashi try and go 100% doing the drill. And even though he was in a red non-contact jersey, he seemed like he was one of the only ones giving 100% on this drill. Uh, Sandine right behind him. But, yeah, just like Beaner said, Muzz looked like he's in pain. Not uninterested, but just absolutely no give on the the you know the routine whatsoever like he said one hands it into the corner kind of head down going straight towards the bench it just did not look good at all and this is something where like you know maybe we we've been shitting on lou because of the last game but this might be something where kyle dubis he has a blind spot i think this like if if lou had seen this like muzz would already be on robota island Right. Like he would already be on LTIR. I was saying this a long time ago. If this yeah. is just if here's the thing, if this is just a show, because this league likes to lie a lot because we're not an open league when it comes to injuries and Muzz is just putting on an act. Great. But if he's act, if this is actually what the, 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 the real product on the ice is eventually going to be, you have to send this guy to the island, man. Like I and I mean no disrespect to Muzzin, but he'll he will lie till the fucking cows come home. Just like Lupul did, because nobody wants to admit when they're, you know, far go- too far gone. You can't you, like that. There's a level of pride in every single human being, including myself. Like I still think I'm a hell of a lot better of an athlete than I actually am. All right. Like if that's the showing that he's actually, if that's the real product on the ice, you you gotta do the old yeller and you gotta do it as soon, sooner rather than later. <laughs> Yeah, and just before we move on to kind of jump off that point, if Muzzin is done for the season, that's kind of a waste of the five and a half mil at the deadline. Like, yeah, why that's... Why it was this whole back and forth, oh, no, if he's healthy, he's going to play. Why did they not just, to Darty's point, pull the loo, don't take the chance that maybe he's healthy for five games, maybe he comes back for the playoffs at 75%. No, Just cause... put him on LTIR, take the money, and pick up something else. It's not a one-off injury for him either. Like this guy's body is completely battered and beaten. He plays super hard, and if he can't play that way, he's not nearly as effective as when he does. So that's kind of I think a big mistake by uh, Dubas is not putting him on the long term there and grabbing someone of significance at the deadline while you had a chance. And even if it didn't have to be someone of significance, because like we've talked to you know the cows come home about what pieces they could have got at the trade deadline, but. Even a depth defenseman or a, a yeah. backup goalie wouldn't have been expensive to get, and that five and a half mil really would have allowed allowed you to get both. So we're not yeah. looking at Eric Schalgren as the backup. No offense to Prince Eric, but like going into the playoffs, you need something a little more tested and reliable. Like we don't know that much about what he's going to be like. No one does. In so. worst case scenario, he just has a lot more time off, and he was health if he was healthy for the playoffs, and you bring him back then. Yeah. Okay, so let's we got to move this on. There's a lot of more goals to cover. So JVR picks up a typical JVR goal in front of the net, chopping away, gets about five shots at it before it finally goes in. Uh, unfortunate little turnover from Labushkin, who, I mean, all things considered, if anyone had a, a rough night, it was probably him. Yeah. Anyone have anything this, to add? Yeah. I was going to say the I t- Oh, you go, you go on this, Steph. I was just going to say, um, you know, Farabee made the nice play dangling into the zone. Leafs can't clear, and this was totally on Labushkin. He didn't have his man. Huge mess in front. The shot goes on Campbell, comes back on a rebound. Of course, JVR standing on the doorstep. This guy's chomping on his chew toy, just ready for that puck to go in, you know? Like, <laughs> who missed that green chew toy? But... Yeah, just unfortunate, but I guess the only plus side is that we get to see JVR score a goal. You know, the fans love GV- JVR. I tweeted about about JVR, and people, you know, just liked it for JVR. So it was basically a goal for the Leafs, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, scored it. Like I said, in typical JVR fashion, two inches in front of the net. He's great at it. Twenty-one on yeah. the season for him. Good job on a One of the best. garbage team. All right, so then uh, Willie Styles picking one up on the power play. Finally, the power play is able to connect. That was on uh, the Provorov or Hayes. I think it was Hayes penalty. Provorov. No, Provorov's. Provorov. 
Yeah, uh, Marner did not get uh, the call for the trip on him, but good thing the ref saw the trip on Camp because I I don't know about you guys, but I know it was accidental, but the Leafs are always the ones to get called on these accidental plays. So, of course, we want to see the same thing going back the other way. Um, Love to see it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But love to see Willie score all day long, of course. Uh, Marner also passing his career high in points on this play. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, 17 points in the last 11 games for Willie Nylander. One thing I want to touch on on how bad the Flyers were. Man, so many times they were running the clock up at a minute and a half to two minutes on these shifts and then they would ice it and then they ice it again and then they ice it again. And then they finally get a change and then they ice it again. Yeah. <laughs> I was just disappointed that the Leafs weren't able to connect on anything. There was one time they had some good pressure going and I'm sorry to throw them under again, but Labushkin didn't hold the line and they lost it. And uh, Philly was able to get the change finally. So could have jumped on that, but just adds to what is going on with the coaching in Philly. Like that's not good, not good line management, bad penalties, just, ugh. Yeah, I'm just glad on this power play setup that Bunting in the slot had the man in front. So he, Marner was able to make that cross ice pass to Nylander open wide and ready for that one timer in. But yeah, just another note, leading the team in power play points with 30 right behind Matthews with 28. He even had Marshawn. time to stop that one too. Oh, sorry, Beaner. And uh, the Seth points earlier, that's 18 points in 12 games for Nylander. Damn. I was just going to say Marshawn Lynch could have drove a Zamboni through that <laughs> lane that was open for Marner to pass through. Yes. Speaking of, did you guys hear that Marshawn Lynch and Macklemore are now minority owners of the Seattle yeah. Kraken? Yep. What? Those guys do a ton for the community, so I think it's a pretty good look for Seattle. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally forgot that Macklemore was from there. Like when I was mm-hmm. reading it, I'm like, wait, oh yeah, he shouts it out. That's his whole his whole shtick. So it makes sense, I guess, but. A lot of celebrities involved there. Doesn't Bruckheimer own the team? Yeah, he, he was, was one of the big investors. Yeah. Or, yeah, one of the bigger investors in it, at least. But, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of Hollywood in there for not being one of the California teams. And speaking of Willie Styles, has he always had that beautiful goatee? Because it's definitely looking more defined. <laughs> no. Like, what's going on? Oh, no. That's no. a new development. He aged about six years, and it's amazing. And uh, <laughs> he doesn't look like a baby anymore. You you were mentioning that uh, Labushkin couldn't hold the line, but Darty says, you know, love isn't always on time, Johnny. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Nice, nice. <clears throat> oh, that was yeah. very delayed. Sorry. Uh, okay, so then. Probably the highlight goal of the night. Keith Yandel just gets dangled onto his ass. And what I have dubbed the life alert line just goes to work. So Giordano, Spezza, and Simmons with the insane give and go. And uh, Spezza manages to bury it. Oh my god, who wants to go first? (laughs) Go ahead. This, This line is like straight out of NHL 2010 or something. More 99. like NHL 2004. <laughs> <laughs> Combined age of 111 years. Jesus. Those three <laughs> Which players. Which is absolutely ridiculous. But we got to remember, Giordano only came into the league in 0506. We can't get too carried away. Yeah. We're like talking dog years here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. And Yandel shows why he was benched in the Iron Man streak. And just completely, bl- I don't know if it was a blown escape or if he had attempted to dive down to block the pass and yeah the boys simmons with a beautiful stop up and waited he he held on to it so he's getting his confidence back because he didn't just throw it at the net back to spezza spezza had it for all of what half a second over to geo and right to the net like uh they've been telling you to do in hockey schools for 30 years Yes. I just love how Spezza stripped that puck center ice and created that play. Uh, just the way he was all over the guy. And, you know, Philly was, you know, even though they didn't let the Leafs set up very well on the power play tonight, um, they were just obviously horrible defensively otherwise. Uh, there was so much time and space. I mean, like you said, Beaner, Simmons with his back completely facing 
Jones. So obviously there is too much time there and just bop, bop in like 90, 992 career points for Spez. I really hope he gets a thousand this year. I know it's going to be hard, but like in the regular season, but yeah, because who knows if he's going to be a Leaf next year. And good for yeah, him. And I'm glad we I... were spending some time picking on him the past couple of games too. Right? I was just like, going to say that. Yeah. 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 He needed to this. Johnny, Johnny, I think your point or the point made by uh, all of us previously was that this, this like dice spin of line combinations, I think brought some life back to this line too. Right. So. Definitely. Yep. They all, I think they were all having fun. Because it's really, I mean, it's like pond hockey against the Flyers. I was going to say, good. it felt like a Sunday afternoon men's league game out there. Yeah. No matter what the Leafs were throwing out, they they had time against the boards. It was, yeah, this game was never in doubt. Okay, so then on to the third period. Oh, my God. Another one. Philly takes the worst penalties. Travis Sanheim cross-checks Colin Blackwell when there's literally no one around. <laughs> and they had all the time in the world. I don't understand. He was the only person in the zone alone. And he takes this penalty. Like, this was the stupidest shit. It was just straight-up bullying. Like It was actually, the more I watch it, it was like, <laughs> just like he just saw the opportunity. He's like, yo, fuck this guy. <laughs> so dumb. Short motherfucker. <laughs> one thing I want to say, though, before this power play... Uh, the only like the Leafs only had one shot on net on the power play, and that was the Nylander goal. And they had three power play opportunities. So I know this is a bottom tier league or team, etc. But these are the things I want to clean up now. From now mm-hmm. onto the playoffs, I want every single power play to matter and not have the first unit out there tired. I want both units clicking and finding out ways to get the puck in the net because I think personally it was completely unacceptable to have no shots on three power play opportunities against a team like Philadelphia. No, and it doesn't matter if we're changing the lines up. Like there was one that was Micaiah Vangfall and Lilligren and I don't know who Abrazzi it was. It was a weird line, but I mean, still like they're still NHL players on the power play. They're one man up. Like get shots on net. Anyway, yeah. So uh, moving on, whose goal is it anyway? So Labushkin <laughs> takes a shot from the net that goes off David Kanoff's leg, and then there's a little back and forth in front of the net with Provorov and Willie when the puck goes in. And they basically go to commercial break without saying anything. No one knows whose goal it is. The players don't know. The announcers don't know. They're like, well, we'll find out when we come back, I guess. And then we found out when we came back and it was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still in from the grassy knoll. (laughs) I'm I'm still in conversations on Twitter about whose goal it is. Like, people simply do not believe it's Cam's goal for some reason because on one angle, you clearly see it go off the left skate. But in a different angle, the sock just gets a graze off the puck. So this one was really hard to gauge to see. See, I think they called it well on the broadcast and saying that you can see the skate that it goes off has a white sock. Like, when right (laughs) after the puck goes, Willie's skate is behind Provorov's. So it's just like... Provorov's hadn't moved, and that's where the puck went off of. So, I don't know. I thought it was comps from the beginning. I could be proven wrong tomorrow when they look at this more, because I'm sure they will. I just comp believe it. Just comp believe it. <laughs> comp believe it's not bunting. What a shot from Lube from the point, and that tip yeah, from yeah. Kampf, That It wasn't even a shot from Kampf. This was a, a deflection that literally seemed like a shot because it was going by so quickly and the shot came on pretty hard but it wasn't a shot it was just a deflection thanks thankfully for from loop though and this was a weird play though because Bakayev seemed like he was changing and tosses it off to loop and then it was a little bit of a mess in front but hey it went in so no complaints yep so Ronnie Atard who I guess I'm assuming joined from college because this is his second goal yeah, his, I believe um, so, yeah. his first game was against us in the, the Yandel game when Yandel was benched. Oh, yes. fair enough. Was he minus four that game, I think? Yes, yeah. exactly. And they said he was minus five the other night against Washington. Like, oh, great start to the season. <laughs> I mean, that was a snipe show of a goal, though. It I was. was. Oh, my that. God. What a little snipe off the stick there. Yeah. Wow. Like, I don't even zero think. zero room. Yeah, I don't think Campbell even realized it was in the net. It. No. I didn't even see that puck fly, but good on the kid after a pretty yep. shaky start to his career 
Yeah, and uh, obviously when it's 4-1 and then becomes 4-2, all of Leaf Nation's like, oh god. I know there's only like two and a half minutes left, but fuck, here we go. <laughs> but sure <laughs> enough, this team proved not this time, not this time, as uh, Engvall and Mikheyev managed to put together a nice little play to set Mikheyev up in front of the net, and he just buries home the empty netter, making it 5-2. to two. Very sneaky little snake. Sneaky snake. I got to give. Uh, okay, you know what? We'll, so I know he got one of the stars, so I won't give him my pretty good. But Jack Campbell was fantastic tonight. Thank you. He low key made 37 saves tonight. He was moving around really, really good. It looked like he had a lot of jump in his legs. Um, anytime he was called upon, he made the big save. He stopped the puck when he needed it to. Got a nice. Uh, couple of frozen plays too yeah the guy was really great tonight totally agree uh posted a 949 save percentage i was joking in our discord that i needed philly to score at least one to prevent johnny from getting a shutout in our fantasy finals of course he gets the win in a 950 save percentage but yeah well, happy for jack happy for yeah. jack Hap- not happy for you <laughs> sorry johnny <laughs> I know. It's, um, so Steph and I are in the grand finals right now and fighting over the uh, the pot. So it's it's getting serious. It's two weeks of it, and I'm already down to uh, two more pickups. So this should be fun. Things are getting serious. <laughs> Things are getting serious. Okay. Gotta say though, um, did anyone watch TSN tonight? Were you guys all watching from TSN? Yeah. Did they just make mm-hmm. sure we were all tripping without taking any of the goods? Because that feed was so glitchy. I don't know what was going on. It's like every other minute it was just green screen or trippy shit on the screen and no volume. I don't know. Really? I saw people really? on Twitter complaining about the TSN feed. I don't know if it was just us folk and you guys got the vip treatment but i must have got like, the vip treatment because yeah. mine was pretty smooth yeah, i had to yeah, stream it because fine. it was a regional blackout here as usual who gave that link oh. tonight johnny and it, uh it's uh, the nhl 66 as always so speaking of the uh, tsn broadcast though it was the funniest thing i think it was ferraro was talking about provorov and he was trying to remember what number he went and he's like Went, uh, yeah, he was picked ninth overall. Uh, no, I think it was 10th. And then it comes up on the screen, picked seventh overall. Like, literally, as he was saying it, they're like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to correct you. Nice. But, uh, but that was a nice I, little uh, jab. I'm so happy to see Labushkin fight, finally. I know this isn't an encouraged thing in the sport, but obviously you see the Russian bear join the team and... Taking on all guys like McEwen, this is a big boy in the league, and he did pretty well. Yeah, he did. That was the point right. I was trying to make earlier, Johnny, was because uh, you were talking about Labushkin. Like, he was taking a lot of cheap shots. He was kind of just letting him slide. He did kind of look a little bit like a pushover, which, like, in some cases, like, uh, I was mentioning on the group chat, it's like, in some cases, I guess it makes sense because you don't want to take stupid penalties, mm-hmm. so you don't want to retaliate and then get caught. But at the same time, like, I just don't, I hate the Leafs looking weak. All right. I hate them looking like they're getting taken advantage of. And I'm like, Labushin's not the kind of guy to be like, you know, he's supposed to be a big guy. Like, don't take it like, you know, <laughs> fucking be the shit out of somebody. So, you know, eventually he did. I don't think that he necessarily won that fight. It was kind of ended up being pretty even, but it was more of a wrestling match like WWE style. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but still, it's like he's good. Like, as I said, the whole game, it just kind of looked like he was getting pushed around a little bit. And I just don't like that look. All right. No, I agree. Uh, the other thing I got to mention before we move on to questions is uh, I said we got to check Jones for horseshoes or rabbit's foot or something because the puck <laughs> went back and forth across the line behind him. We had Bunting take a shot that went off his foot off the post back off his foot and around the back of the net. Like what is going on? So many. I was like, how did that not go in? Same. Uh, he must have had a horseshoe up his ass because I know. For his career movement anyways, I think the worst thing for him was signing in Philly this year. Uh, It was just going downhill. The team, there's not much left to the team. I don't know if he knew Couturier was injured, but I don't know what they're going to do with this guy moving forward either. Unfortunately, you know, this he's obviously a well-known name in the league. And yeah, I don't know if a contender would 
change his play, but he did have excellent saves tonight. But for all of those excellent saves, there were some pretty bad ones. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's move on to Twitter questions. This one is kind of a comment on Mikheyev. So this is from Simon Nomus at Nomus97. Uh, happy for Mikheyev. Always knew he was skilled, but had bad luck. Hope he finishes with 20 because I believe, as silly as it sounds, there's $100,000 worth of difference between an 18-goal score and a 20-goal score. And I have to agree with that. Uh, if he definitely. stays at 18 or 19, maybe he stays with the Leafs. But he, if he's like 21, you know, he gets an offer from somewhere. I think that's a good point. What do you guys think? I think that Mikheyev would easily be a top six forward on any other team. I think he's going to be chasing the money in the summer. Um, and the Leafs will have other options to fill his spot. But that's just my opinion. As much as I would hate to lose him. Um, he's obviously I do want fast. To s- hmm? Oh, no, sorry. I'll let you finish that. I just I'll, I'll let you do yours. But I do want to save the rest of everyone's comments because I have this as a question for later. Oh, yes. But uh, I would hate to lose the guy. He's obviously fast. He doesn't have hands of stone anymore, which is so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. I'll extend my answer later on. Hands of Great. Mark Stone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Mike at Mike the Fanatic says, uh, how fun is the spring going to be? Cannot wait for May 2nd for the real season to begin. Oh, yeah. Nice way to end the season off, especially with Boston going down a little slip and Tampa doing the same. It's fun. It's a good time to be uh, winning. Hell, yeah. Uh, Detroit winning winning over Tampa tonight, 4-3. to Womp womp. Did you get the score of that Boston game, Johnny? Or uh, No. I'm not too sure who won, but last time I checked, I believe St. Louis. Was, oh, it's tied 2-2 right now. Um, we're all so excited. I can't wait. Doing these episodes after a playoff game, too. Like I'm just pumped, especially with this Leaf oh. season that they've been having. You can't say anything bad at this point besides me literally nitpicking on the power play and all these little things. It's expected. We analyze every single game. So I want the best for this team. And if they're going to listen to Leafs late night, at least let me have my piece to say. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And over to our Discord questions. Shout out. If you want to join the Discord, shoot us a message on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, Either Steph or I, we've got the link. We can send it to you. Lots of people there. We do live game chats and other sports and we share pictures of our pets and we talk about the weather sometimes. Hmm. Actually, more than we talk about other things. Hey, Steph, so, are you asking about the Bruins game? Yeah, I just wanted to know the score. But oh, three, it just, uh, they, I think they, they the Bruins won 3-2. You know what? Correct. Yeah. In OT. My, yeah, um, they did. My window wasn't refreshed. I still had end of the second on my screen. But yes, oh. win for Swayman. One point nice. for Steph. Boo. So, uh, <laughs> the fanalist strikes again. All right. So, Luke Man uh, on our Discord asks Happy birthday, Luke Man, by the way, belated. Um, happy birthday. What do you think Keith tells them in the room to keep them grounded when they've won like 10 out of 11 games and Soup is on a seven game win streak? I mean, I think we kind of made a good point earlier on this that you just throw the, the lines for a loop. But, uh, Beaner, what do you think? Well, I was just going to say, if you saw the All or Nothing series, you know there's going to be a handful of F-bombs involved. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, Which is a shock to no one. <laughs> right? Um, basic, uh, in a situation like this, it's just you just got to keep reminding them, this is what we need. We can't let this slip. This is what we're going to have to do in the playoffs. We have to keep this confidence up. We have to keep the pressure. And you can't. You can't afford to take a night off because they've seen it. They've they been eliminated basically every way you can think of come playoff times. Like they got goalied last year with Price. The year before against Columbus, Pierre-Luc Dubois basically just bullied them into submission. We've been the underdog in the series against Washington, and we won a game, but that's, you know, we, we didn't really do that great. And then you have the Boston series that, both of them went to seven games. We just, we couldn't close it out. So you name it, they've gone through it in the playoffs now. And it's, this is their time. 
you should be more than experienced and more than savvy enough to figure out what you need to do to, to keep it up. Just don't, don't let off. So I think Peter pretty much nailed it there. It's preaching good habits. You want to be good defensively smart with the puck, not making costly mistakes, especially teams against like playing, playing Philadelphia, like no bottom feeder in the team in the league. Sorry. These guys just want to be going into the playoffs full tilt making no mistakes, playing their best game. And I'm sure that's what Keith is telling them in the dressing room. For sure. At the end uh, of this game too, like, 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 lest we forget, it was maybe 20 seconds, 26 seconds left and Philadelphia was playing harder. We need to rem- like, the Leafs need to remember that like they have a history, they have a track record and Nobody gives a shit if you're waiting for them to pull the goalie. Nobody gives a shit if there's a minute left and it's a, you know, it's a game that it's playing garbage minutes. These teams now thirst to beat us. Look how horny to bring to allude back to a word I was using the last uh, couple of podcasts ago. Look how horny the freaking Jets were to win one game. They literally based like their lives off of it they're like oh man feels great to beat the leafs huh you know what yes it does and these boys sometimes they they, they look so like sometimes there's a couple moments where they look so like like uh, uh you know they look kind of like babies out there just a little bit and it's like no 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 get that get that garbage attitude out of here all right you are you know men on this ice and these guys unfortunately will treat you like babies if you act like it it doesn't matter how good you are it doesn't matter how many goals you get if these you know the these other teams are, are just waiting to beat you. It doesn't matter if they're a bottom feeder because clearly, you know, we know what happens if they're bottom feeder team. And it doesn't matter if they're Boston or Tampa, all right? If they know that there's that you're going to give them an inch, they will push and push until they humiliate us, all right? So do not give them that opportunity. He said, even if you're playing Philly, even if you're playing Buffalo, if you're playing Tampa or, you know, or the Panthers, you cannot give them that inch. You cannot let up even a little bit. And it sucks, I feel bad for these guys because they don't have that room to let go. But you know what? If you push and persevere, there is almost like we're, we're all we, we're getting to that point now where we're not just feeling naive about it. We truly can believe that this team can make it to the third round, let alone the Stanley Cup finals, <laughs> if they don't stop the train. Oh, yeah, you, 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 you got to remember too, Darty, like with a team like the Jets, them getting that excited to beat the Leafs, like this is a team that's actually lost or a city that's lost in an NHL franchise. Like they got to keep something to, to be excited about, right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like to your point earlier, Darty, um, they kind of didn't give up tonight though because when the Flyers were a six on five at the end of the game when they pulled their goalie, they were along the Leafs' end, and there was four Leafs to three Flyers, and they're battling for the puck. And then they got it out, and obviously they got the empty net goal afterwards. And I thought that was like a really encouraging sign. Yeah, no, it's like I said. It, instead of falling when it went four to two, they uh, they were able to close it off five two instead of every other lead of the past that has collapsed. So the last know, handful of games, though, they've closed them out fairly well. Yeah. And they've been able to score at least like five or six goals. So that's good. Uh, just to move us on, we've got another one here from Harris M93. Is this guy falling in Tampa after a loss to the Dead Wings with Vassy and Net? Yes, it is. This guy is falling there. It's the end of their season. They're going to lose in the first round. To us. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. But yeah. They've played a lot of hockey. Like they, they had lot. too long two long playoff runs in the same calendar year. Like that's true. Yeah. It's, it's insane props to them. They definitely deserved it. They were clearly the best team, but at some point it takes a toll on you. Like that's why it's been so hard to repeat. You had the penguins in what was it? 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And then before that it was 97, 98 with the red wings. Like you, you don't get repeat, champions very often and the last team to win any more than two in a row was the islanders back in the early 80s like late 70s early 80s so it's it's next to impossible anymore with how constant players have to train now because you don't have your full summer of training you don't have your full summer of conditioning healing because it, it's a long grueling season so it, it's got to add up no and yeah. uh no go ahead 
Because when you do those deep playoff runs, like that's really, really hard hockey. And then, like you said, your summer's cut short, you start training, and then you have your target on the back the whole next year too. Like every team's trying to take your shot at you. So that has to be like really taxing on Tampa. So what do we think here? Tampa's at 100 points, Boston's at 99. They both have six games left. Who are we facing in the first round? Like after what we just said, you still don't want to face Tampa, right? Because they do have Vasilevsky who can save any game. Their top-end talent is so good. I'd rather face Boston. Boston has one more win. Tampa's just got a couple more OT losses, so they're ahead by one point. So it is possible that Boston puts this together in the last six games. But, man, it's it's crazy that our last game against Boston, if we win, <laughs> it could mean that we face Tampa. So based on the rest of the season uh, or the schedule, on um, based on the strength, the Leafs have a 92% chance of finishing second in the Atlantic. Now it's just a battle between Tampa and Boston. Um it's so hard to tell. I think second is guaranteed. I want well, Boston in I mean. the first round. That's just me. I just want to end this Boston curse, get it out of the way. I don't want to face Vasilevsky in the first round. No. Um, I don't want to face a healthy Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, this third no. line, this fourth line. They're literally like our evil twin, like I've said in the past and on the interview today with uh, Let's Talk Sports. Me... Boston. It's got to be Boston. I want to rub it in all of my Boston friends' faces. <laughs> and just, you know, it would just be perfect, especially 67 years after the Leafs won the Cup. Imagine going so far. And, you know, the odds today after the game were only plus 1,100 for the Leafs to win the Cup. Those are pretty yeah. good odds. If you were to ask anyone else in the beginning of the season, it would have been like plus 20 or 2,500 or way more, like 4,000, way higher. So I don't know. It's hard either way. No matter what route we take, it's going to be the hard way. No matter what, the Leafs have to beat every single team moving forward. And that's just how they have to do it. It's playoffs. So now or never. Honestly, I want, I, I, I kind of agree with you guys. I want Boston in the first round, but if you look at their schedules, both of them are re- going to be really, really tough. But I, I do think the fact that Tampa already has more points, Tampa will end up being third. Fair. Just, I mean, we do have yeah. the chance to see what the Leafs are like against both before the season ends. Next game is against Tampa and the last game is against Boston. But like I said, there could very well be a situation where the Leafs winning against Boston means they play Tampa, and the Leafs losing to Boston means they play Boston. That is a very real scenario, which is insane. Yep. All right. So last question here. I think is if you lose to Boston, play Boston. Oh, you don't want that at all. Like that's no. Of, you want to. That starts a whole another thing too. Yeah, right? Exactly. Then it's an eight game series, and you're starting one game down. So, but playing Tampa, like these guys have such a winning pedigree. Like, I just really, really don't want to face those guys. Just but to Johnny, close this off, Abs has a question that we're basically covering it, so I just want to throw it in. What do the Leafs need to do to avoid being their worst enemies come playoff time? We've been basically talking about that for the last 10 minutes. I just wanted to throw that in. So, Beaner, go ahead. I was just going to say, if it's an eight-game series against Boston, if you include that last game of the season, then the big game that really would matter the most would be Game 8, not Game 7. I we know I've seen that floating around eight. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. Uh, I just I still don't like going into it down a game like if it means they're playing boston but they can go in having won that last game of the season great but i just i don't like how it's going to shake out point wise against tampa yeah all right the leafs the leafs are two and zero against boston two and one against tampa you know mm-hmm. it's it's tough we're six and two against our atlantic division rivals um you know if the goaltending stands and Jack Campbell is healthy moving forward. I think we have a very great chance, especially with Chaldron and Nett. Um, I just would hate to be it to have a scenario like Justin Hall gets played and it leads to one too many bad plays that ends up ruining the game. I just just Jake Gardner scenario running through my mind. Like I do not want to take the Gardner Expressway way out of the playoffs. Like this is just irritating but i really hope they just tighten up and get smart about it and you know 
have fun with your new pair, your new lines today, like Abruzzese on the first line, but we know that's not going to be in the playoffs. So let's clean that shit up and prepare now, in my opinion. Uh, shout out to uh, at Maple Leaf fan. Guess what? It literally, they just sent a question in nice. just now. Miss reading you. our minds. Tampa Bay and Boston are separated by one point. Our first round opponent could be either of them. Which one would you rather face and why? <laughs> I mean, aside from the Leaf Scouts, I really hope in the dressing room, the atmosphere is like, we don't give a fuck who we play right now. Because anyone who we're lined up against, we have to beat. That's the mentality they need right now. They can't be thinking about breakdowns they had with Boston or how good Vasilevsky is. They just got to think about how good they are and how they can beat any team in front of them. Yep. Okay, I want to play a game quick here before we run out of time. Is my game board going to work? Oh, and it didn't work. Now it chooses of all times not to work. Are you joking? Okay, like we're going to play belief or disbelief. Yeah, I had my... I don't believe it. So, don't believe belief it. or disbelief. This is where we play a little uh, hot takes on leaf-related things, and we'll uh, we'll try to go through these quick. I'll let you know a couple of us touch on each one just to move through these because we're almost at an hour here. So first one up, Marner will hit sixty goals. Belief or disbelief? There are five games remaining. Marner's going to get twenty-six goals in five games. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. Hard I meant no. forty. <laughs> hard I no. meant forty. Okay, forty was my what I meant. I wrote 60 as a typo. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, disbelief. I think. You don't think he'll hit it? I think, you know, as much as he's shooting more, he's still looking for the perfect pass, the perfect play. There's a couple guys ahead of him in the play, which prevents him from taking that quick shot. Um, Maybe, you know, I hope he does, but my gut is saying, nah. Sally? Well, I'm going to have to agree with Steph here. I don't think he does it. He's the, the quarterback on the ice, and he'd rather pass it than run it in on the goal line. So I, I don't think he's going to do it. I mean, at this point, with his goal scoring pace, Willie could almost go for 40. <laughs> I mean, he hit 32 tonight. Congrats. This is his new yeah. season high. Um, so next one. Willie, uh, Ilya Mikheyev will re-sign in Toronto. Hard no. Hard no from Darty. Beaner, you're shaking your head. Yeah, I, as much as I would love to see him resign, I don't think there's any way because he's showing that he actually has hands now, right? He's showing the upside to what everybody thought he was going to be able to do when he came over from the KHL. And the Leafs aren't going to be able to afford to pay him unless... Maybe they use Muzzin's money from LTIR to sign Mikheyev. But like you look at Robertson, he could fill in that role. He's got 23 points in 23 games for the Marlies right now. Like he's, he's lighting it up and he's actually been staying somewhat healthy over the last month and a half, two months. So I, I think Mikheyev goes for the money and rightfully so he deserves it. What do you think that number is? For Mikheyev? Yeah. Four. I initially I was gonna say five, but probably not quite that high. Like four and a half, somewhere in there, probably. Yeah, okay. that's a really great playoff. You could maybe command five because it might probably going to be a bidding war for him after this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he if he does well in the playoffs, you put him up in that like Barkley, Goudreau, Blake Coleman, like those guys that got paid yeah. after as like third line depth goal scorers on a good team. So. Especially oh, as someone fair. who's like just coming into his own right now, too. So fair enough. Okay, I didn't think of Mikheyev that way, but now I do. So unless, like I said, he hangs around at eighteen goals and dies off the rest of the season and has a shitty playoffs, I don't think there's any way he's resigning. Unfortunately, the no. the, the one kind of maybe dark horse fact that we're not really thinking about is when he had that nasty injury to his wrist. Mm-hmm. Dubas stayed behind in New Jersey with him for like I believe days on end, if not up to a week, making Fair. sure he was okay. Like that was Mikheyev's first year, and I think stuff like that actually goes a long way. And yeah. when when it came out that Mikheyev had potent, like possibly asked for a trade out of town because of ice time and stuff like that, they immediately put him on the penalty kill. 
started giving him more ice time. So these little things go a long way. Maybe he takes a discount on another one-year deal or something to try and stick around. And if we're in a situation where if it's LTIR or they buy out Muzzin's contract, like maybe there is the money for it. Mm-hmm. They do have to re-sign Jack. There's a couple things floating in, uh, up in the air still. Kasha, we have no idea what's going on with him. So we'll see. Uh, I think it's... Like- He's not like it, someone it's like not we're out gonna, of the realm of possibility. Sorry, we're not going to cry about losing Mikheyev. Like it's not like we hate him or anything. Like it's just I think he's just too good. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. we have a lot of great guys yeah. in this team, and he's shown that. Like what was the thing that he said? Like he thinks that he's a you know uh, he thinks that he he deserves to be on the fir- the first line or second line, not you know not coast on between the third and you know the second depending on like he was on the first line tonight right but that's not where he's <laughs> he's rarely ever there right so like he deserves to be on a team that's kind of to value him a lot more and we just don't have the space we got too many cooks in this kitchen right so like no you know i'll be happy if he goes to a good team you know just like you know ash was happy when he let his butter free go you know like <laughs> sometimes <laughs> and then Dubis <laughs> will do what he does and he'll find someone much cheaper to replace them. Well, and to Beaner's point, I mean, we've got Robertson, we've got Nyes, we've got, um, it, which I always mix up, Niemela and Hervenen. Hervenen. Hervenen, okay. I'm, once they start playing and I see them, I'll remember which one's the forward, which one's the defender. <laughs> yeah. And we, we also, also have to re-sign Lilligren and Sandine. Yeah. Thank you. That's was a lot of work. Big. And Gio, Labushkin, Ingval, Campbell, Kashe, mm. a proven backup goalie if we don't trust Morazic anymore. Do we go yeah. with Shalgren? Do we, like, where it's do we Mikheyev. put the faith, right? So I think Mikheyev's shoes are very easy to fill. These other holes, obviously not. And at 1.654 mil, uh yeah he's gonna want more especially after an amazing quick little point since you brought up geo 12 and 2 since he's been on the team unreal unreal i really hope he takes uh the spezza discount sticks around for those last couple years even if it's just next year uh with all these young defensemen we've got i think it'd be good so uh next one was damian cox right belief or disbelief this is his point that uh, got him flamed on Twitter for that Matthew's wrist is actually acting up. And this is something that Leaf fans should be concerned about. I, mean, I don't think. His... Go ahead, Beaner. Well, I was just going to say, I don't think Damian Cox has been right about anything in 10 or 15 years. Um, yeah. That's all why reports... I, I named it that. Yeah. All, all reports from everybody is that it's nothing major. And if it was playoffs, he'd be playing. And even there was a couple more today that are saying like, this is something new for Matthews. It's not an injury he's dealt with before. So it's not his wrist. It's not his shoulder. Um, Maybe something was tweaked hip or groin or something. But with like in in that video that we were touched on earlier Mm -hmm. with Muzzin, Matthews was skating around and he looked fine. He was shooting the puck really well too. And like dangling his wrist looked fine. And if it is the wrist and it's a precautionary thing, and I don't think it's that serious. If it's the wrist and he still scored 58 goals, I don't think we have anything to worry about. Yeah. yeah. If he's missing a playoff game, then like, here's what I got to say. You either one have must, must have the absolute worst injury or two. Like, I don't want to be that guy, but like if, if it's just like, he's, you know, his wrist hurts a little bit and you miss a playoff game for that, I'm telling you, you got to suck it up. All right. Like, there's the one thing I heard from Don Cherry back in the day is right. Real, play, real players. Unfortunately, you got to play through the boo boos. All right. If you want to, you want to get us to the promised land. That's a boo boo. If it's sure, if it's if he's actually busted up and broken, by all means, take the time off. But like, this is the moment now where like again, take this rest now. But I said, if I don't want to see any any playoff games being missed, if it's just like, oh man, my wrist hurts a little bit. It's like this is you know. If we're going to be out of the first round anyways, you're going to have the whole summer to get that wrist better. Okay. So you might as well, you might as well push, push through in the playoffs. That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. And just to add to your points, uh, as per Keith, he said the medical staff said Matthews would benefit from sitting and they simply just followed that. Like you said, Darty and everyone else, he would play if it's playoffs, but the medical staff, suggested something so they went with the suggestion and that's all that happened yeah he's joining the team on the road trip coming up too so i don't think it's something that the leafs fans have to worry about to your question okay so next one 
I'm just going to edit my earlier one that I wrote here. The Leafs D will not include Jake Muzzin next year. Hmm. Belief. See, I but before before I saw that video, I would have disagreed with that take. But at this point in time, he he came back. He played a couple games, and he act, he looked good. He looked better in those first couple games back than he looked at the beginning of the season, in my opinion. And I was I was a little excited because he's been a very very big part of this team the last handful of years. And you saw it when he got injured and was out of the lineup. It really screwed us over. And now that we have the depth, seeing him come back and play the way he did was awesome. But that video just makes me so worried because he was clearly in distress. And he's been sitting for a couple days now, even after he did his little loop and part of the drill when he was over against the boards, like he was hunched over with his stick on his knees kind of bracing himself up so he's he's not right and so he's this, got young kids so is this a ticket to the island or a buyout because i have the buyout breakdown in front of me but what do you guys think darty i hope island well um i said really really depends man but if uh say you know off season summertime whatever he gets better You'd, ideally like he's 33 years old like you wouldn't you want to play him just enough and then see if you can ship him off in december you know to like like get your because you're not gonna get any value for him if he's you know if he's damaged goods see at 5.625 cap hit you're gonna have to retain salary on him or give something away to get rid of him does it not make more sense just to toss him on ltir if he can't play and then if he's healthy just buy it out I mean, here's here's the bio breakdown. Right now, he makes this is so crazy how the salary worked. His base salary is only two million dollars, but he gets a signing bonus of two million, and his cap hit is five point six two five because this was a front loaded contract. This means that if the Leafs bought him out the next two years, they would take four point two against the cap, and the following two years they would take six hundred grand against the cap. I think to Dirty's point, if he's coming back relatively healthy, then you see what you have him and try and trade him. But I don't think he's in the long-term plans for the Leafs because he is, what, 32, 33 years old, and he plays really, really heavy minutes. So if his body's wearing down, he's not nearly as effective as he can be, but I don't quite think he's a buyout candidate just yet. But is it worth giving somebody a way to trade him because you're not going to be able to give or even retaining the salary? Like if... How much do you have to keep? I mean, I guess retaining even 50% is better than the buyout penalty, but you're still going to be paying him for yeah. two years. Like, there's no way anyone's taking him at full value. I have to disbelieve You know, I have to disbelieve this. <laughs> I think Jake Muzzin will be on the roster next year. Dubis loves this guy. So does Keith. He's a veteran to the team. It's not even that he's 32 or 33. I mean, we have Spezza and Gio, who's, you know, like 76 years combined. But originally this question was either Muzzin or Gio, and my first answer would be keep one. But I don't know. I, I, I really think just like earlier in the in the year when Muzzin went down with concussion and you guys said – Muzzin's going to come back on the third pair or even be the seventh D. Nope, he came back first game and he was on the second pair with Hall. Same setup as before, you know? Like, we thought he would slowly transition into the game, but he keeps getting, I guess, placed exactly where he left off. And I feel like that's going to be the case when he's healthy again. And he's also joining the team on the road trip along with Matthews. So I think he's playing. No, that, that's a good point that when he came back, they put him right back where he left off because I don't think he really deserved to be there, but they seemed to trust him enough to play it. So it says something about uh, Keith and Dubas. Okay, so we don't have time for our last one because it is a big one. We'll save it for next time. But uh, next up is Tampa Bay. What do we think is going to happen there? Who wants to take this first? As, as much as I... <laughs> Beaner takes Tampa in the first. 
yeah, I'm, I've got to take Tampa on this one. As much as I don't want to, um, they're going to be coming out with a burr in their saddle because the Leafs have actually played well against them this year, and then they lost to the Red Wings tonight. So Tampa wants to show that, hey, if you're going to get us in the first round, it's not going to be a, a pushover. And uh, Jackson net, so I think I don't think it's going to get too carried away. But like four two probably. Yeah, you think? Tampa. Yeah. See, I think the Leafs are going to win this one, and I think it's going to be another high scoring game. But I think Tampa's going to equal it out. I think this is going to be like a a seven four kind of game. Honestly, I think it depends if Matthews is playing, but I think it's going to be a low scoring game actually because I think it's going to feel a lot like a playoff game. Like it could be a first round playoff matchup, obviously. So I see both teams kind of locking it up defensively. Both goalies going to be playing well. I predict 4-2 Leafs. Empty net. Okay, okay. Interesting. I think Matthews is going to be back too. Yeah. I think it's... Yeah, he's definitely going to be back. Um, This Tampa team, you know, we're kind of filling their shoes from last year. The last couple of years, they were number one on the power on the power play they were really close to being number one on the dot i mean we're kind of sharing statistics here that's why i always say they're like our evil twin in a sense um the bizarro leafs they're even the same colors switched around yeah 100%. exactly uh this could have been so many uh international hockey lovers favorite team based on the fact that they picked their team by the color blue <laughs> like but at the end and of the day in toronto of the south in tampa <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But I really hope, Sadi, I agree with you that it's going to be a playoff-style game, but my gut is telling me it's going to go the way that Roscoe is saying, that it's going to start tight and then let loose as the game goes on, and then it's just going to be a shit show moving forward. (laughs) Um, Vassy is going to be loose. Jack, I really hope he stays tight on the crease and you know uh the guys play really well in front of him um i can see this game being like a 7-4 win as well honestly um maybe even 6-3 um honestly tampa's not clicking as they as well as they used to but at the same time we can't count them out right um the last two starts uh april 4th it was a 6-2 win December 9th, 5-3, and then November 1st, 2-1. So, honestly, I agree with the 7-4. I amend my 5-3 Leafs. Okay, okay. With that, we got to close it off. We're hitting our time here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. Oh, (laughs) 4-3 OT from Darty. I'm sorry. Cool. Uh, Yeah, Steph? I just have to give a quick shout-out to... Shout-out to Steph for featuring on a show. I want to say it first. We're proud of you. No, I really thank you, um, Daniel, today for asking me to come on Let's Talk Sports. Um, It was awesome to talk about the Leafs. I told him I'd just do a little quick plug of their show. So definitely check out Let's Talk Sports. They cover literally everything from MLB, NFL, um, NHL, and they have different show segments based on the sports. So if you're really into football, baseball, everything else then definitely check them out but yeah thanks again david daniel sorry (laughs) that sounds so bad but no Uh, it was awesome today thanks again great well thank you so much and uh thanks for listening tune in after the tampa game we'll be back and my outro's not gonna work so i'll do it Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more.